Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. I'm Jim Galante. And this is quarter number one of our show, brought to you by Collegiate Athletic Travel. Guys, we are at the deadline. If you want a chance to go to the Rose Bowl, this is it. And this is a way to do it in style. Collegiate Athletic Travel, it's actually a four-night stay at Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. A charter flight with Southwest Airlines out of Harrisburg. Fantastic Rose Bowl parade tickets. All your transfers taken care of for you. It is definitely the way to go. They also have two alternate packages if you're interested. There's a land-only package if you've already made your flight arrangements. Or if you're just the opposite. You've made all the other arrangements, but you haven't gotten your flight yet. You could just get the flight also. You could check it all out at athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. But do it today because it is time, Dusty. It is time to do it. It is time now for us to talk Penn State football. Lots of news going on. Yeah, this this has been a, a big push. You had the uh, media uh, day stuff um, for the Rose Bowl. And you've also gotten a little bit more clarity, including pretty hot off the press as we sit here right now, a uh, transfer destination, an interesting transfer destination for one of Penn State's former players. Go ahead. You could put it out there, Dusty. Christian Veyor is going to Pitt, which is uh, an interesting maneuver for him. I mean, I think that's a pretty good opportunity for him. Um, You know, I'm not sure how well it's going to sit with um, Penn State faithful, but you know, he he comes with a ringing endorsement from everybody who's crossed his path at Penn State. So I think he has a chance to do well there. Uh, he's not dropping in competition level. Uh, I do think he has what it takes to to be, you know, a pretty decent um, FBS quarterback. Uh, and then on the flip side, Pitt's kind of fallen into that uh, cycle now. They're starting to fall into that cycle where you're going from from transfer to transfer. And it doesn't, not that that precludes you from developing your own quarterback, um, but it's a, it's a pretty stark contrast from Kenny Pickett, who, you know, wasn't much until late in his career at, P- at Pitt. They stuck by him, they developed him, and he became a first round NFL draft pick. And now they're kind of bouncing around. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I think we're so early in this transfer portal process. Teams that get a lot of transfers, teams that rely on transfers at quarterback. Um, to see how all those experiments go. And I think it's worth saying that Pat Narduzzi is not Lincoln Riley. He's not getting, you know, Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts to come to Pitt. You know, this is this is Christian Veyor, and I don't I don't think he's the most brilliant offensive mind, but um good good move, I think, for for Christian Veyor to to stay competitive at, in the, at that ACC level. And you know what? From the fan perspective, I think Yes, I think I would prefer him to have gone somewhere else other than Pitt, but it's not as bad as if Penn State were playing Pitt in the next couple seasons. I think that would change the tone entirely. And uh, by the way, when you announced, oh, very recent, somebody just committed, 
big news. I thought you were going to talk about Rodney McGraw going to Louisville. Same magnitude, though, I think. Now, you know, it's just <laughs> I, good move, I suppose. I, you know, I, I think um, it's just it's I just find it it's just so difficult, I think, to, you know, you go through the recruiting process and Penn State has a pretty good philosophy on portal recruiting is that in a perfect world, they would have plenty of background on a guy. They would have recruited him or gotten to know his family or built a relationship with him. You know, something other than just reading a box score and 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 identifying guys that way. Where I don't know if, if Louisville was involved in, with Rodney McGraw or not early in the process, but regardless, he, he's off to he's off to Louisville. So we'll um, be, best of luck to him too. And, and good for him though at, at that level. It's not like he's going to Podunk State. Um, it's good program, ACC school also for him. So good, good for him. Let's talk about some of the other news. And it was coming hot and heavy over the last couple days. One of them, Nick Tarburton announced that he's going to declare for the NFL. I was a bit surprised by that dusty. I'm, and I'm always told with these type of players, well, he's got enough on film. He's not going to show him anything more. I don't buy into that theories, but how about you? Well, I mean, to me, I think Tarburton can still show plenty more. I don't know whether he's capable of showing more or producing more, but you know, you're not looking at a guy who's who's got a, a lengthy history of being disruptive. You're looking at kind of a grinder type, um, somebody who might be able to play. Um, some quality reps for you, but hasn't shown the ability to get off the line of scrimmage and, and create havoc from his spot at defensive end. You know, he'll, I think he'll be kind of pigeonholed as a run stopper type, and he's done a pretty good job of that at Penn State. But his, you know, his skill set doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, sexiness to it. It's not, it's not premium skills we're looking at here. But he's been a pretty solid player for Penn State. Maybe catches on with the practice squad. Maybe signs as an undrafted free agent. To me, this was less about you know him eager to start his NFL future and more about do I really want to play a sixth year of college football? Is it time to close that chapter? Is it time to, to start the next thing in life and give the NFL a shot? Um I think Tar Burton could have come back and could have been a, a quality piece, but really were you going to see him make the jump from whatever his sack total or, or TFL total is this year, pretty modest numbers to be in double digits in either category. I think he kind of is who he is at this point, um, whether he played a sixth year or, or, you know, left it after five years. Um, I think he's still the same player. Uh, there just probably wasn't a whole lot more for him to accomplish when it comes to academics and all that other stuff too. You know, these, these guys are just because you have a six year of eligibility. I get the, I get the idea that that's not that appealing to some guys who are ready to get out there and start their lives. And I believe Penn state has enough depth going for them at defensive end that they're okay. And I do understand if to play, if he's ready to make that next move in his life, you know, good for him. Thankful for what he's offered uh, to the program. But if this, if we're going to look at this as strictly a business decision, the couple things that I think for him, if you think that this is going to be a special season next year, 
that would really plant your legacy. If you make this a playoff team or even a Big Ten championship team, that's something special that a player will have with him for the rest of his life. The other part to that is, and this is what I was alluding to where I don't buy this, well, everything's on tape that an NFL scout needs. I believe that players who play on good teams, they pile up stats, I think the way Manny Diaz plays defense, that a guy like Nick Tarburton, who may not be the best sack man, you know, on, on the team even, but he can get those numbers up because of the style they play. So to me, I think there's something to be said for uh, playing that extra year and playing on what could potentially be a really good team. Now, there's a few other players, Dusty, who are, have yet to make decisions. To their credit, most of the players are playing in the bowl game, which is great to hear. But there's more decisions to be made. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm saying Adisa Isaac, Brenton Strange, Juice Scruggs, uh, Curtis Jacobs. Who am I missing? Uh, I mean, I think the I think those are some of the biggest names on there. A uh, Caden Wallace, you know, Bryce Effner has to make a decision. You know, he he's in that sixth year boat too. Um, so yeah, that you know, and and there's going to be different degrees of it. Like Bryce Effner might not be in the same boat as Nick Tarburton. Bryce Effner want to say like, I want one more year of college football. I'm never going to get this time back. You know, maybe I'm not a premium NFL draft prospect. Maybe I I have limited days to play football. I want to play football as long as I can. Those six-year decisions are very different from person to person because they're more than just, am I going to the NFL or am I not? Like, I, Nick Tarburton is not in the same category to me as, let's say, Garrett Sickles from, you know, what, seven years ago or whatever, whatever the number is at this point, um, who left before his fifth season to go to the NFL. You know, that felt a little different to me than Nick Tarburton. I think Nick Tarburton is just ready to move on. And, and I can't really blame him. Juice Scruggs did announce that he accepted an invitation to the East West Shrine Bowl. So I'm assuming that's, that's kind of a done deal for him too. If he's, if he does have intentions to play in an all-star game. Well, I, but it's not um, a full commitment. I don't know if it's he has to pull back before the game or if he could play in the game and then still pull back. But as of now, he could still pull back. And I forget who the player was last year who was in that boat and did that. Maybe it was Jair Brown. I'm not sure. So it's it's possible. And again, you know, I'm not blaming these guys for making any decision. You know, we don't know all the background. And as you said, it would be uh it's a personal decision and they may just be tired of football or a Tarburton who possibly had some lingering injury issues that could be even part of it. So, uh, you know what? I'm kind of interrupted here, Dustin. I'm get, We're our special guest. Our special guest for the fourth quarter has just popped in and we may as well get his take on things. Mr. Jeff Byer just popped up on my screen. Hey Jeff, how you doing? Well, I'm doing well. I, I apologize. We have some technical issues down here in New Orleans that I wasn't aware of. So uh, hopefully we're we're coming through okay now. You're coming through perfect. And I think Jeff just used this as an excuse, Dusty, to rub it in that he's down in New Orleans while we're up here where it's cold. And Jeff, we were just talking about some of the players deciding whether they're going to opt 
back in? Are they going to come back next year? Some of the football players, obviously. And we just got, we'll ask you real quick, a comment on Nick Tarburton has decided next year is headed to the NFL. And Christian Vier, I don't know if you heard this one yet. He's going to transfer to Pitt. Yeah, I did hear that. And I think, you know, listen, I, I can't fault Christian for transferring anywhere where he thinks he has a great opportunity. Um, you know, it's it's a tough situation when you have uh, kids who have uh, met as much to your program as Christian has to Penn State. That's Jeff Byers contributing in the Penn State football conversation. Jeff will be back in quarter number four. He'll be talking wrestling then with Dustin. In the meantime, quarter two, quarter three, we're going to talk more Penn State football news. And since this is Dustin's last visit until the Rose Bowl game, we're going to get his take on Penn State-Utah also. So stay tuned. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith, and this is quarter number two. We had a brief cameo appearance by Jeff Byers. Giving it away, he's our special guest for quarter number four, where our own Dustin Hawkinsmith will intelligently talk wrestling. And if we're going to have intelligent conversation in that quarter number four, Dusty, I'm just going to go away and not be part of it, obviously. 
Well, so. and I'm, I'm going to save all the, you know, I don't have intelligence for 60 minutes of radio. So I'm going to be belligerent for 45 and then save my intelligence for the final 15. So nothing's going to change. Same deal. Yeah. Same deal as always. Okay. <laughs> Very good. By the way, Dusty, uh, just a general announcement for, from our show. Uh, this is going to be Dusty and my last show together uh, through the Rose Bowl because the next two Mondays are the day after Christmas and then the day after New Year's is the actual day of the Rose Bowl game. That one obviously doesn't make much sense. And also that Monday the 26th is considered the holiday for Christmas for everyone. Lots of conflicts there. So this is the last of Dusty in 2022 so just soak it in so let's get back to the news dusty a lot went on we had several interviews on friday i guess it was uh james franklin he did have some very good news i thought for the rose bowl coming up and that he expects olu um, fashionu Caden wallace and kevon lee there's a name we haven't heard for a while. He expects to have all three players back for the Rose Bowl. That's great news, isn't it? Yeah, and, and they kind of span the spectrum of, of uh, roster importance, right? So, you know, Olu Fashionu to, to hold down that left tackle job uh, would, would be a great way to punctuate the season for him and and to bring a little extra stability for, to that offensive line, which – you know, we've talked about this before. The fact that this thing isn't in shambles really is a pretty positive step in the right direction. Uh, and so Caden Wallace, same deal, part of that picture at right tackle, um, ha- had some time away. He was part of that rotation with Bryce Efner. It's another good body uh, as either an insurance policy or to rotate um, in those spots. And then Kevon Lee... You know, it's it's easy to over, get overshadowed by what Katron Allen and Nick Singleton have been doing, and and regardless, those guys are going to handle a bulk of the work. But you know what? Penn State's really been flying without a parachute at the running back spot since Kevon Lee got hurt. And I, I I explained it this way to somebody at one point that Penn State is an injury away from having Tank Smith as their number two running back. And no disrespect to Tank, but uh, he's not really putting a lot of fear into opposing defenses. It will be good to have Kevon Lee as, as another set of legs out there and um, somebody who's been there before and has been productive and to, to round out that trio of running backs. So, you know, I think Penn State could win the game without one, two, or three of these guys. But I think to have them back, just three scholarship guys who are back and available for usage, um, it, it, it helps without a doubt. Dusty, let's uh, let's talk about a few of the other guys besides James Franklin, who met with the media on Friday and some interesting conversations. I actually want to start with Pat Kraft, the athletic director, and I guess the biggest uh, takeaway from it is the talk about the stadium. Now, this discussion, it's been going on for years about what they are going to do with the stadium, and We've had a couple folks on who were from the board of directors or uh, from the board at Penn State who've talked about there's not going to be a new stadium. If there's going to be anything, it's renovation of Beaver Stadium. Pat Kraft uh, confirmed that, that that's the conversation. 
I think he made it pretty clear uh, that it was, you know, such an uphill battle to get a new facility anywhere. He also made it clear that he has, he, he puts a lot of value in what Beaver stadium is and the history of the building and, uh, and what he thinks of, of all that. So, yeah, I think, I think Beaver stadium is going to get some degree of, of hefty upgrades. And I, I, I don't think I really expected anything different than that. You've got your structure, you've got your infrastructure there with the stadium. It's a place everybody's played. Uh, they, they value, Having 107,000 seats, he did say something along the lines of nobody's building a stadium with over 100,000 seats anymore. It just it just doesn't happen. So I think they're they're kind of intent on probably protecting that part of it. He also said that if um, if Penn State were to be in a position to host a college football game, even if it were this season, that they would do whatever it took to make sure that they could do that. You know, win, winterizing the the stadium is something that. Uh, it might sound like a foreign concept to our Southern listeners might sound like a foreign concept if you're Florida state or Alabama or Georgia, but that's a real thing in, in a lot of the big 10 footprint and something that they kind of have to contend with, especially, you know, structures that are a little bit on the older side, like Beaver stadium. So that I'm sure is part of the mix of not just making, you know, Beaver stadium have better amenities and making it more friendly to look at and better fan atmosphere and all that. I think there's some infrastructure that needs to be upgraded along the way, especially with that in mind that the odds of playing December football in your home stadium, you know, are, are going to go up for a program like Penn state. And just as an aside, uh, I really like Pat Kraft. you know, it, it just seems like he's got sort of an aggressive disposition. Um, he kind of, if, if he feels that he says it and I, it's, it strikes me that that's struck a pretty respectful relationship with him and James Franklin too, that, that James Franklin probably feels like um, if we want something together, this guy's going to aggressively pursue it. And I think that's, that's kind of the sense that I'm getting from Pat Kraft in his early tenure here. Yes. Everything I've heard about him has been great. And I'll tell you, and it may be a small thing, Dusty, but it really impressed me. Penn state has been in this situation where they have been on the road for their big 10 opener for years now in a row. And no one from Penn State has ever said anything about it, spoken up, until Pat Kraft came in. And he, I believe he'll, he'll kick up some dust and make something happen about that, which is, I think, the problem we have Penn State in the past. Penn State has just been so passive and not proactive in fighting for what they think is you have an advocate who will fight for you. And that's what you get with Pat Kraft, which which I really appreciate. Um, Mike Yursich also met with the media. And you get Mike Yursich on, you know you're going to get quarterback conversation. There are still folks who they hold on to that hope, Dusty, that something's going to happen for some reason. We're going to see more Drew Aller. And I think Mike Yursich pretty much Put that to rest. Yeah, the, the conversation gets a little different life when you're talking about a bowl game. And if you're considering it, if you're part of the crowd that really considers it an exhibition game, then why not? Right. But nobody's treating the Rose Bowl like an exhibition. You know, this, this is Sean Clifford's swan song here. This is this is his going out party that, you know, everybody who's invested in Sean Clifford over the years and James Franklin has, has put so much in Sean Clifford. The last thing they're going to do is, is, regardless of whether it might be best for the future of the program or whatever, the last thing they're going to do is, is take away from that. 
And also the last thing they're going to do is treat, you know, this opponent, Utah, and this bowl game, which they have a lot of respect for, as something that doesn't mean anything. They're playing this game like it means something, which is why you're seeing a bunch of these guys say that they're going to play. You know, Jair Brown being uh, maybe the most prime example. These guys, I mean, they, they want to win this game, and they still feel like Sean Clipper gives them that best chance. The very fact that they're playing in a bowl game at all does give Drew Aller more time to grow behind the scenes, more time to process. And, you know, as Mike Yersich went into on Friday, just all the nuances of the position and signaling and protections, all the stuff that comes down to homework um, gives him more time to do that. Obviously, the more game experience, the better. But I don't see a game script really where it's lopsided enough one way or the other for Drew Aller to get any meaningful time. Uh, in this game, he's just going to have to stick to the practices to to grow and improve. But the one thing we do have to remember is with these several weeks here, they are not game oriented, probably even yet. They're not focusing on Utah yet. In fact, James Franklin said that. So for the last couple of weeks, I think Drew Aller has gotten more reps at practice, which any more additional reps that you could get him. That's a good thing, Dusty, and that's what happens between the final game and the bowl game. So there still is that. Finally, we had Manny Diaz meet with the media, and the question was with him, how long is he going to stick around? I think the good news is it appears he's going to be around at Penn State at least one more year. And and reasonably, I I don't know if you can hope or expect – much different than that. You know, the way that the defense performed and the way that he kind of redeemed himself for the way things ended um, at Miami, the way that he kind of got his name back viewed in a positive national light, he's helped himself a lot this year. And I'm sure that there are opportunities that that are popping up. Uh, And he did say on Friday, I would like to be a head coach again. And I think everybody assumed that, but he came, he was honest and came out and said it. Uh, But he also said that, you know, I've got a really good job here. And if I'm going to take something else, it's going to be, it's going to have to be a great job. And I think he's got a better understanding. And he expressed this to some extent too, of, of what a good opportunity looks like and how to, to identify a job that gives him a long-term um, stability, the, the ability to succeed um, that, you know, he wasn't really given maybe the, the, the longest leash or the fairest shake at Miami. I think he's looking for an opportunity that, um, that, that allows him to, to thrive and, and grow as a head coach. And that's obviously where he wants to go. But if he, if that is how it goes and he does come back for another year as Penn State's defensive coordinator, I wouldn't expect a year three for Manny Diaz if everything continues to go the way that it did this year. I'm in agreement with you, Dustin, because he, he did himself well this year. He, he did – I hate to use the word rehabilitate his reputation because it's not like, oh, Manny Diaz left and all of a sudden Miami became a top 10 team. That didn't happen, okay? So I'm not sure, you know, it was like he left in disgrace at Miami. But he's put together just a phenomenal defense this year. And all indications are next year you're going to see the same kind of defense. They're going to have the same kind of players. They're going to have the same kind of athletes. They're going to have the same kind of mindset. And that really is what a good defensive coordinator does. It's about scheme and it's about aggression. It's about pressure and all that. But I think the Penn State mentality on defense where everybody's swarming is also a hallmark of the coordinator. And they've done a great job of that under Manny Diaz. 
Very good, Dusty. That is it for quarter number two. Since this is our last show together before the Rose Bowl, I'm going to get your take on the big game in quarter number three. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dusty, I'm Jim, and this is quarter number three. Brought to you by our good friends at 409 Tailgate Club. You know all about their great sauces, the chicken rub, the Bloody Mary mix. Guess what? They are now introducing their new coffee barbecue dry rubs. Unique low-sodium blends. They feature coffee from W.C. Clark's Roasters from the Cheese Shop in State College. I think you still might have time to get your order in for a Christmas gift. If not, get it for a gift for yourself, okay? Trust me. Andrew sent me some samples of the coffee rub, Dusty. Fantastic stuff. Trust me on this one. And if you would like to get some yourself, all you got to do is go to 409tailgateclub.com. And guess what, Dusty? We now use a a prize from 409 Tailgate Club for our Ask T. Frank and Ask Andy segment. So that's a real gift. If you're too cheap to buy it, get, get out a good question. All right. Yeah, I mean, and that I mean, what a what an investment! That's a lot of bang for your buck, considering you don't spend any buck. Uh, I trust those guys with pl- flavor profiles as much as I trust you when it comes to kielbasa. So, expertise—it's <laughs> ex- listening to the right people about the right things 
And if you want to, if you want a good rub, a good sauce, you listen to the 409 tailgate club guys. It's just a fact. Exactly. Now I'm going to get people writing in asking me if they could order kibasi from me. You can't, You're but I could refer you because I do have a guy, Dusty. I do have a kibasi oh, guy. Yeah. In fact, I got more than one kibasi guy. So uh, we've got options. Anyway, let's talk Rose Bowl. All right. <laughs> because, you know, when it comes to food, you and I could go on for quite a while. Let's let's talk about the Rose Bowl. And first of all, you kind of alluded to this earlier that Penn State has taken this game seriously. And I really believe that Utah is also. They went to the Rose Bowl last year and they lost a close game with Ohio State. For both teams, it's 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 really uh, strange. They both have lost first-round draft picks at cornerback who have opted out, Joey Porter and Clark Phillips. And they both lost their leading receivers for Penn State. It's wide receiver Parker Washington, and for Utah, it's their tight end Dalton Kincaid. Who do you think is affected more by those opt-outs? Well, I, I think that uh, Utah is affected a bit more uh, from those losses. Um, I, I think Dalton Kincaid uh, is the is the team's receiving leader by a heftier margin than Parker Washington is. They've still got a really really solid guy back, and but the fact that. Um, a, a tight end was Utah's leading receiver probably cements that too. And then I think what we've seen with Joey Porter Jr. is that, you know, when he went through the appendicitis thing, we did get a feel for what Penn State could do defensively in that back seven without him. And it's really not a world that it, it needs to be feared. This isn't the first time they'll be playing without him. Um, Kalen King uh, ha- has gotten some All-America love himself as the number one corner. The depth there is pretty solid. Uh, I still think cornerback to Utah's wide receivers is an advantage for Penn State, well, even without Joey Porter Jr. I'm not sure if it's the same uh, with Utah's defensive backfield. They've had more trouble um, stopping the pass than Penn State has um, as is. So I, I think a slight advantage in the opt-out scenario for Penn State, but really it's it's pretty close. And it, it, as you mentioned, the symmetry of, of who's missing uh, and what positions they play uh, it's pretty interesting. I find it fascinating, uh, Dusty, the culture of Utah. What kind of football team are they? They've had the same coach for years. And this does not feel like a West Coast Pac-12 uh, type team, does it? I think they can play with those teams and, and their experience playing uh, a lot of teams with that style is interesting. But at their core, I think they're a lot like Penn State. I think they want to be versatile and dynamic. I think they want to play physical. I think they want to establish the run. They're the number 10 rushing offense in in the country. Um, I think they want to create pressure. I think they want to bring bodies from everywhere. Uh, That's reflected in in their stat lines too. I I really think, and I think the quarterbacks are similar stories and similar storylines and similar games. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of parallels uh, between these two teams and between these two programs. Uh, and I think they're also both in a position uh, where they're they're still kind of clawing for some national respect. You know, Penn State had fallen out of, you know, off the national radar because of how the two previous seasons went. Uh, Utah, I think, kind of feels like no matter what they do or how successful they've been, they're, they're still kind of overshadowed. Um, and that includes the Big Ten plucking USC and UCLA, but not Utah. That's neither here nor there. Um, but I, I do think that both of them take this game seriously as part of that effort. 
You know, Utah was here last year and lost. Uh, Utah is still overshadowed by USC and Oregon and UCLA. I mean, they're still fighting for respect. And uh, I think for both teams, winning this game would be another step towards kind of getting that, that respect that they deserve. How important is it for Penn State to get this win so that they could have a big win? That's, I, don't, I can't tell you, Dusty, how often I've heard from our listeners, from other fans, sure, they're 10-2, and two, but who have they beaten? Yeah, I, I think um, it would answer some questions on that front, without a doubt. Um, I think Penn State has played well enough to beat ranked teams. They just haven't played the right ones. Either they played um, teams that were off the national radar, or they played teams that were a little out of their league, which was Michigan and Ohio State. They haven't really gotten a lot of opportunities against just a good, normal number 19 team. Uh, now they get that opportunity against a team that they, they match up uh, you know, pretty even with them. So I, I think that for sure. And I think there's a, there's something to be said about going into the offseason with that little hop in your step. Going into the offseason with five straight wins to close the year, saying that you're Rose Bowl champs, advertising in your media guide that you're Rose Bowl champs and not just a participant in that game. I think there's a lot of kind of benefits to that. Uh, in addition to just that feel-good um, thing for the staff, for the players, the long grind of a season to end it with a fifth straight win in a, in a, in a game that has such um, clout, I, I think absolutely is a good, positive, healthy thing um, that can propel them into next year. Dusty, I, got, I feel like I know what we're going to get from Penn State's defense. We've seen it over the last several games. They've been very consistent. We know what they're going to do. I'm just not so sure what we're going to get from the Penn State offense. What do you expect to see? Is it going to be that same? They're going to struggle with their first three possessions. Then they're going to tell us they were feeling out the defense before they get things going. Yeah, I, th I you know, I think the the slow start thing has happened more games than not. Right? Is that fair to say that 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 probably in in 12 games they've probably gotten off to a slow start eight, nine, ten times to some degree? I mean, there's there's shades of gray in what you determine a slow start to be, but they have needed generally a few drives to get things going. Um, I don't know if you're looking at a Utah team that if you do get off to a slow start, that it's going to be 14 to nothing in a flash. I think Penn State's defense will be really, really competitive uh, with these guys. You know, with, without Parker Washington in play, uh, without knowing still, you know, who, who's ready from that wide receiver group to really take a step forward. You know, this game's a good opportunity for whether that's Keandre Lambert-Smith or Harrison Wallace the third, one of those guys, not just to do something good and end things on a high note and have a career-type game, but to also kind of lay claim to next year. You know, that depth chart is still very much a work in progress. If, if Harrison Wallace has 100 yards and a, and a touchdown or two, that can really help him as far as cementing himself as being high on that list. I mean, that's what they're playing for. I don't know what that group of pass catches is going to look like. Um, I do feel like it's going to be run centered, run focused. You've got two weapons um, who, who have proven it. Even Penn State's kind of finally at that place where even if opponents know that runs are happening, they can still create positive yardage out of that. I think they're going to keep riding that wave and it's going to be run first to set up pass. Um, so I, I would expect 
you know, pretty good days from both Katron Allen and Nick Singleton. I know that's not that bold of a prediction, but I, I, I do think it's going to start with the run game uh, in this one and that maybe the tight ends play a bigger role, especially in, in scoring situations. I'm saying it here right now. Probably you and all our listeners are tired of hearing me say it. Pass the ball on first down. First play from scrimmage, play action pass, Dusty. That's what I want to see. All right, you were mentioning prediction, bold prediction. I want to hear it from you. By the way, I just looked, uh, as of right now, Utah is a two-point favorite. That That's drifted in Utah's direction. It was more of a pick'em type game when we first talked about this matchup a few weeks ago. So that gives you an eye for what... Uh, what the betters are picking and where they're putting their money. Um, you know, I, I think these two teams are so, so close. Um, I, I, I do think, you know, it, it's more of a pick in my mind um, than it is anybody having an advantage. Uh, I'm going to pick Penn State to win it, though. You know, like I, I, think, I think Penn State is equipped, and I, and I think um, defensively uh, they, they can wreak some havoc here. Uh, I'm not sure if Utah um, is going to have quite enough balance uh, and pose a big enough threat in the passing game. Uh, I think they're going to Penn State's going to be able to kind of be in that mode where they focus on the run and uh, and they they allow their cornerbacks to play in covers. They trust their defensive backs to make plays back there. Uh, I think offensively, I think they're going to they're going to play uh, with heart and I think they're going to play to try to send Sean Clifford out on a high note. I'm going to say. Uh, Penn State wins this game. Uh, I'm going to say, let's say 31 to 30. Penn State wins the game. Um, I'm going to say 31 30. Uh, Penn State wins. Uh, bold prediction. I'm going to say um, a buck 50 plus for Nick Singleton in, in this game. Wow. That's, that is a, a bold prediction with the 150 yards. I bet he could see it happen, see him break that big one. Um, those of you who are old like me, you remember a guy by the name of Kajana Carter doing pretty well at in his Rose Bowl game and popping a big one early. So certainly Nick Singleton could do that too. Just a quick question. I want in talking about wide receivers, no one seems to mention Keandre Lambert Smith anymore, Dusty. Yeah, I think I think he he's kind of a victim of creating his own hype with the way that he played last year and then not taking it to another level this year. He's a guy that shouldn't be forgotten about. He's made a lot of catches. He he's very dangerous after the catch, too. So he he's a guy who he can pop off a big one uh for Penn State and he's done it before. Um he's somebody I, I would like to see that for him and for this Penn State wide receiver group to have him re-solidify his name in the minds of fans because he's a good player. He just didn't, he just kind of is, is post-hype, I think you could say. Well, when you talked about somebody posting a big number and surprising among the receivers, he's the guy I, I think might do it. That is it for quarter number three and our football talk. Stick around. Quarter number four, Dusty is back. He's talking wrestling with Jeff Byers. Stick around for that. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. 
Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. It is quarter number four of the Keystone Kickoff Show, and as promised, we are shifting our focus away from Penn State football and the Rose Bowl to Nittany Lions Wrestling. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. Jeff Byers, longtime play-by-play man for the Penn State wrestling team, joins us now. The Lions are set to take on the National Collegiate Duels in New Orleans. And Jeff, you are in New Orleans right now. How's travel? How What's what's the scene like with, with this team as they're getting ready to battle some good competition? As of now, um, Monday, 7 p.m. against Central Michigan, followed by a duel against North Carolina at 9 p.m. Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement within the team. They they traveled 20 kids down here, which is uh, a nice opportunity for the the starters and then for some other guys. And obviously, uh, at at least a couple of weights, they'll wrestle uh, a couple of guys over the course of the two-day tournament. So I think this is a really neat opportunity for Penn State um, to test itself against some better competition. I, I, I like the way this format sets up because I think Central Michigan is a really solid dual meet team, probably not as strong uh, in terms of a uh, tournament team. Uh, I think North Carolina is certainly a, a much better team and has uh, some real uh, star power in that lineup. And then, you know, presumably you're going to face either Iowa State or Cornell uh, on Tuesday night. And, and listen, both of those teams are absolutely loaded. I, I think um, both have a chance to be uh, top five type of teams here when the NCAA tournament rolls around. Yeah, so this is uh, it's, it's pool wrestling here. Penn State in the blue pool, in all likelihood, uh, will advance to the championship match. And as you said, against either Cornell or Iowa State. Um, what do you th- what did you think about this event last year and and how how productive it was for Penn State because they won what was it twenty one sixteen against Cornell? It's a good opportunity to get outside your league. Um, at this time of year and see some guys that I'm sure that from an individual and a team level 
that you're going to see come again in March. Yeah, I think, and I think that is the real benefit for Penn State and for the other teams that are here is you get a chance to see some teams that you might not otherwise see during the course of the season. And obviously there are for some individuals that you wouldn't see uh, other than the national tournament potentially down the road. So I think for Penn State, uh, you know, last year, I, I do think it was a, a real benefit um, especially for some of the younger guys. And I think, once again, that's re- really where the opportunity is here to me uh, over these next couple of days is can Penn State uh, – well, uh, not – Penn State will face some valuable competition. Can they get wins against top-ranked competition at 149 uh, and 165 in particular – uh, and even if not, how well can you compete and how well can you lo- use the uh, lessons learned there uh, when March rolls around? And I do think uh, across the board, I think this is a beneficial tournament. But I think in particular, you know, Shane Van Ness and Alex Facundo, th- those are the two guys that I think really have an opportunity uh, to be able to grow and, and get measuring stick uh, chances here. And Terrell Barraclaw is another one. I, I should probably throw him, him in there in terms of a guy that can really kind of see where he's at right now in terms of the national picture and what it is he needs to work on to get where he wants to be when March rolls around. So you will see this right off the bat. And it's an interesting, I think the, the central Michigan match uh, Penn state's opener, you know, a couple of the more interesting ranked on ranked matches have already happened. So Shane Van Ness, uh, Johnny Lovett uh, from, from central Michigan at 149. Shane Van Ness beat him earlier and then you have Terrell Bearclaw and uh, Corbin Munson at 157. Uh, Bearclaw beat him at the Black Knight Open. Both of those happened at that Army event. Any other, um, you know, reason to, to look at this Central Michigan team? You know, I, when you say solid dual team, just looking at one through ten, right? Yep. Just, to, just uh, you know, it's hard to poke holes even if there's not a lot of star power there. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think they are a, a for sure a better dual meet team than they are a tournament team. They they don't have. <laughs> excuse me, a lot of the top-end guys that are uh, going to be competing for national titles this season. But uh, they do have, as you said, just a a lot of really solid guys. And they have a couple, you know, Munson's been, uh, I think, is the Mid-American Conference Wrestler of the Week again this week at 157. That was a good win for uh, Terrell Barraclaw to get over him earlier in the season. And I think this is, uh, you know, another great opportunity for him. Same thing as as you said with, uh, you know, a, a chance at 141 to really solidify some things with uh, with Bo Bartlett, who continues to climb up in, in the national rankings. You know, I think 125 is the weight where, you know, you'd like to see Gary Steen start to, to make some, you know, substantial and noticeable progress. Uh, and I think, you know, a, a win here, uh, would be a step in that direction. You know, listen, I, I mean, on paper, yes, Penn State should win pretty handily over Central Michigan, and I, I expect that will be the case. But I think that the real key here for Penn State is, again, looking at individuals and individual progress. And I think, you know, from that standpoint, 125, 141, and 157 are the three weights that you're really watching as a, a Penn State fan in this first dual meet of the tournament. What are your thoughts on, on Gary Steen in terms of um, he's wrestled some guys tough. Is he a guy who, you know, a ranked win um, can light a, a big enough spark that he can turn a big corner? 
You know, do you feel like he's a guy in, in that position? Yeah, I do think confidence is such a, a big thing in this sport. <clears throat> and it's one thing to say that you think you can beat the, the, the top guys. It's another to go out and do it. And once you do it, uh, listen, that, that there's no question. It, it adds to the confidence and uh, the belief system. And, you know, I think for Gary Steen right now, you know, he's been in, he, he's wrestled four ranked wrestlers and he's been in three of those matches. Uh, Anthony Nenoto of Lock Haven in the season opener was the exception. Uh, the question now is, can Gary Steen get over the hump and start getting some wins against ranked competition, uh, you know, and, and continue to beat the guys that he's expected to beat? Uh, and I think, you know, in terms of where he really fits in and what Penn State can expect from him, I think that's still uncertain right now. Uh, you know, I think that, the, you know, the hope is with this coaching staff, and with his uh, experience and the the uh, wealth of expertise that he has available to him, that that he can make another jump uh, in levels during the course of this season. But uh, listen, in order to be competitive for an All America honor, he's going to need to make a jump or two uh, realistically this season to get on the podium when March rolls around. So, you know, I think Steen is is to me, one of the more interesting wrestlers on the team in terms of, uh, okay, let's see, we, we kind of know where he's at right now, and, and he's in the, you know, for sure, kind of borderline trying to, to break into a, a guy that can qualify for the national tournament. Can he go from there to being a guy that can get a couple of wins for you and maybe get, even get on the podium when March rolls around? And uh, again, I don't think anybody truthfully knows the answer right now, but I think this weekend uh, or you know, the early part of the week is going to be an important uh, couple of opportunities for him to continue to grow and, and continue to build on what I think is a solid foundation. But I, I, again, he's, he's the guy that has the most room to improve. There's no question about that. Uh, I think it's, it's fun. In, in college wrestling, um, not even Penn State is above having to develop a guy that's a grinder. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's there. There's a, a certain fantasy football look at at Penn State wrestling, and when there's a guy who's not ranked or a guy who's struggling a bit, it's very jarring for people to see. But I think you can look at Bearclaw, for example, as a, as a good. Uh, their investment was made in him. And I think it's kind of paying off. Like, I don't think he's a national champ. I'm not sure that he's an all American, but you know what? You're not going to have a national champ or all American at all 10 weeks. I don't care what, who the coach is and what your team is. And I think that's, they're in the process of investing in Gary Steen right now. And I think there's a good chance it pays off at some point down the road. Yeah, and I, I think it's a it's a very good point. Uh, and, and Dustin, one of the things w when you look at college wrestling, and, and it's one of the things I'm uh, probably most uh, trying to explain to fans is, yes, every team wants to have 10 national champions out there, right? Like, I mean, every team is trying to get its best uh, opportunity to place highly at each weight. But you have 9.9 .9 scholarships. That is not even a scholarship per weight, uh, right? So, and there are a lot of really good coaches and really good programs and really good schools uh, with great academic opportunities out there uh, across the country. And um, 
you know, I, I sometimes wonder and I, I hope that fans appreciate what they are seeing here with Penn State and what Kale Sanderson is doing, because I think what they are doing in this day and age of college wrestling is is truly unbelievable because you ha- I think you have more teams, uh, more schools all in and completely committed to trying to win national titles and trying to be the best they can be. And I think you, I think the coaching across the board is better than it has ever been. And I think high school kids coming out uh, and going to college are more prepared for the college experience than they've ever been. Uh, and for all of that to be occurring and for Penn State to be as consistently on top and, and as great as it has been, uh, I think is uh, a tremendous credit. In a lot of ways, I, I think it is uh, greater than what uh, Dan Gable did, uh, as unbelievable as that was at Iowa, and as uh, you know Gallagher did at uh, Oklahoma State. And you know, you go right down the the list of whatever you think is the greatest accomplishment, not just in college wrestling, but in college sports. What Penn State is doing right now in college wrestling. I, I think is is unbelievable, and yes, I think Gary Steam uh, is uh, is a great example of a kid that has an opportunity to really grow himself. And I think you know it's kind of up to him, as Kale says, it's up to him to uh, be able to capitalize on his potential and the opportunities that are afforded him. And I'm not sure, you know, if Gary Steen is a world class athlete necessarily. Um, but what I do know, having spoken to Gary before, is that the Penn State mindset is there. The attitude towards wrestling, the right attitude toward wrestling is there. And that over the course of one, two, three years, whether that's the weight room or working on quickness or whatever, you know, gains are going to be made. And I think he's going to be a viable piece of this lineup. Who knows what the future holds in terms of recruiting and, and if somebody comes in that can really challenge yeah. him for that spot. But for now, I think just the piece of advice is you're going to have these guys that you're going to have to watch develop. They're not all going to be national champs. That's Jeff Byers here on the Keystone Kickoff Show, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. We expect to talk with Jeff, if not every Sunday, uh, every week, most weeks here as the as the season goes on. Big thanks to Jeff. Thanks for everybody for, for joining us. And that's it for the show. Be sure to check us out at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel, Rose Bowl parade tickets, and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. 
You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. <laughs> 